Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, everyone. This is Hugh Ballou. I'm back with another episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. This is a series of interviews with people who've done some really interesting things, who've made a difference in people's lives, who've had a vision and stayed with that vision until it came to reality. So it's stories to help us learn, stories to inspire us, and maybe we could support each other in the missions because right now, the work of nonprofits is so important and it's more important than ever before in history. And so we're talking today about a international crisis of human trafficking. And my guest today is Gary Miller. And Gary, um, you're just quite a celebrity. And so I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Tell people a little bit about you and your background, please. Well, hello, everyone. Well, I'm Gary Miller, and I've been in the music business for, oh, let me think. I'm on, I'm the, I'm on the fourth decade now of being in the music business. And um, you know, I'm from it. Obviously, you can tell by the accent I'm from England, not from around here, but I live in Malibu now in Los Angeles. Um, so and I've, I've, I, mean, I've, I was on tour. I've, pro I've produced a lots of records and written with a lot of people, been in big production companies in England that have developed, you know, big stars like um, Rick Astley and Cher's record, Believe, and Enrique Iglesias with Metrophonic that I was with and Stock Aitken and Waterman. So I was with a lot of big production companies in the UK. And then I moved out. Then after, oh, then while I was there, I toured with George Michael and Nick Kershaw and Elton John before I got into production totally. So I did quite a lot of work. I did, I've done lots of live work and uh, big concerts and, you know, lots of smaller ones and clubs and everything. So it, I've just done, I'm getting on now. So I've done quite a bit. I've done more or less everything you can think of really. But, um, you know, I've done, I've done world tours with George and Elton John and Nick Kershaw and everybody. And then I came here to, to America and I got brought here to head a production company just doing pop music, you know, a lot of pop music, dance music and things like that. And um, so we, and we produce people from, from the, in genres from Andre Picelli to David Bowie, you know, so it's, it's been a long, a very wide range of production and writing. And then it's funny, but then I was still doing it in when I was in, in Malibu and a friend of mine who worked for Universal in Russia called David Junk, he came to me and he showed me this leaflet of, you know, child, what had been happening now? And there was 27 million children being trafficked. I mean, this was nearly 11 years ago now. And I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe that this, this sort of like sort of thing went on. So I just wanted to do something you know, musically, and we talked about something, we talked about doing something, it never really happened. And I picked the ball up later on down the line. And then I just had basically had an idea of doing an album of Sting and the Police songs, you know, songs, you know, songs from Sting's solo career and songs from the police. So I chose, chose the songs and then decided to make it, make an album and ask all the people that I knew if they would want to get involved to help, you know, to fight against human trafficking. 
and thankfully a lot of them, the first person that came in was Slash and they all you know one by one everybody came, everybody came in and I just I, in, in, the, in the beginning and I thought this was just going to be maybe a three month project I was going to make an album and you know do it and do my bit and try to think feel that like I'd done something but I mean that was that was a three month project and that was 11 years ago so it, it's one of those it's one of those things that you know, once you learn about, and I had nothing, I had not the, I'd never even heard of a 501c3. I had no idea. I didn't sort of like plan to, oh, well, I'm, I want to form a non-profit. It was nothing like that. It was a case of, I just want to make a record. Maybe we can sell this record. Maybe we can get as big a people on it to create, because I, because I wanted to create the awareness, because what I noticed when I first learned about it, I started talking about it to people. And there was not one person I came across that had even heard about it. It was a case of, yeah, well, that happens in Cambodia or in the Philippines or in, and I was saying, no, it happens in San Diego. I remember doing a, I was at the CEO space event once. And, um, and I remember talking to somebody um, at the city and he was saying, well, I'm glad I live in San Diego. And I was saying, well, glad you live in San Diego. The border's just there. That's where it's happening right on your doorstep. And nobody could, nobody uh, could even believe it and never even thought it went on in this country. I mean, even Slash, when I sat down and had breakfast with Slash to explain to him what I'd learned about it all, you know, and what was really happening. And he, and he, he was, it was actually Slash that said to me, yeah, but that just happened in Cambodia, you know, and we want to, you know, and then other people say, yeah, but we're fed up of helping charities in different countries. We need to look after America. And I'm saying, that's what I'm talking about. It's it, it is in America. It's you know it's at the Super Bowl. It's, it's everywhere you can possibly think of, you know. And I was amazed. I mean, even that some of the police, the, the police that was in Malibu, I was sitting. I knew a few of the cops that was here. Talked to them about it, and even they had never heard it. They heard about it. I mean, even the even the police. And I've got a, I've got a friend that's that's um, that's um, in the, the Oxnard Police Station. Was a good friend of mine, and they. It's only in the last few years that they actually started doing training about human trafficking and it's been going on and i think now he's saying with all the epstein things and and stuff that happened in england we had, we had a famous uh, tv um personality that's that died and then and then they found out that he was you know that he was a pedophile and he was doing all this stuff that was going on so it, it was not like it wasn't like a conscious thing where i've got to fall a foundation it was just a case of making a record but then when you start to find out about what's going on and then it was like this process, oh, you now you need a board. And I'm thinking, oh, no, you need a board of directors. You need this, you need that. And gradually, but I, like I said, I had no idea, didn't know what, I, the only thing I know about is, is, is music, basically. And I do, and, and the thing is, the great thing about using music, for me, my, in my opinion, was that music is a scientific fact that it's the quickest way to touch people's emotions. So... I thought that was a good thing, and people really like, um, you know, the they're really um, they just like all kinds of music. I mean, even if you're even if you're a murderer, even even Charles Manson was a, was a fan of the Beatles. So and so I thought I wanted to do something which which there was no prejudice against. You know, um, I wanted to, I didn't want to do it political or. You know, and I, be, I believe, I'm a real strong believer in God, and I think God brought me here 
to, to even to Malibu to do this thing and go through what I've had to go through. But I didn't want to do it with a cross behind me or, you know, or on a political thing, because I think every, everybody needs to help. I wanted to do it like a, let me think, like a, like a Trojan horse, if you like. If you, if you do, you know, bring people in and people want to go and see Slash, then they're already supporting human trafficking, if you know, even if they're not, even if they're not, you know, whether, whatever, whatever they, whatever they may be, you know, I, just, I think it's a real humanitarian thing. And when you see fat, you know, five-year-old children, you know, being raped by middle-aged and grown-up men, it's just, it's just one of the worst things I can possibly imagine, you know. So it's a, it become, a, it became a real passion for me, you know. And it still is. I mean, it still is, you know. I see that. Um, you know, there's there's something that musicians contribute to the world that that's so unique that we're called to do something that touches people inside. And um, we're also, we think differently. So, so Gary was, I was 48 years ago oh, when I went to graduate school and got my my advanced degree in conducting and yeah. I had a, a lab chorus there that, you know, I had to conduct and they had to sing and my professor corrected me in front of everybody, but half of the group were computer programmers. And I said, wait a minute, does this make sense? And one of them said, sure it does. I said, well, tell me, they said, well, we, we have a serious, unforgiving, rigid structure with programming and music. You can't play out of the chord sequence you can't play a solo and it's not your turn even in rock or jazz you know it seems like it's all improvised but there is a set of rules and within oh, yeah. that set of rules you got to be creative yeah exactly yeah yeah that's that's so true <laughs> it's, yeah. we bring a different skill set in in and i'm i'm a strategy guy. i teach people to build a system so we know where we're going and i showed you a picture of me in front of an orchestra we've got the score and so everybody knows what they're supposed to do so there's there's a pattern to, in, in your kind of music, you know, the joke about, um, there's an old joke that I reframed. What do you call a guy that hangs around musicians? Well, sometimes people say drummer, but sometimes, <laughs> they, sometimes they say conductor. <laughs> and so what, what my job was to show up and make things happen. You're a producer. You make things happen. Now, you said you toured with uh, Elton John. Were you on stage? So yeah, I was with um, with Nick Kershaw, who's a big famous artist in in the UK, and then I did the Faith tour with George Michael on, and I was a performer. I was on stage. Yeah. What is your instrument? I mean, my first instrument's guitar, uh, but I play I play piano as well, obviously, because I I do a lot of programming on the on the keyboard. You know? And you do a lot of composing, so there's there's a career. Yeah, I do all, all. I mean, obviously nowadays, I mean. You know, you've got every, I mean, with, with I've got a, 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 a computer here and it's full of every plugin and instrument that you could possibly think of. So if I want bagpipes, I can just go to it and I've got bagpipes, you know. So it's, it's really, it's really fantastic what you can do on your own now, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's my... Scotty. It's sad for a lot, of, a lot of players, I mean, because the thing is, you know, like drummers suffered quite a lot because of drum machines and samples and... They're not even orchestra, orchestras. They suffered because I mean, you can buy or the orchestration uh, samples that I've got are phenomenal. You know now it is. So, and so you're you're this um, very engaged person, big time, big time music performing. So you've pivoted 
to put your attention on this very, very important topic of, of, of trafficking, which is a crisis. So it, it got your attention. Was there ever a point when you thought, this is such a huge problem, what difference can one person make? And, and you if, know, you did, if you did, how did you get past that? It's, 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 funny, it's funny you should say that, but yeah, because obviously me being very, very green in the nonprofit world and not really understanding things, it was just a, you know, so there, there was a lot of, there's been, there's, there's been a lot of headaches and a lot of, lot of things like that. And then there has been many times I thought, well, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm kidding myself here. But as I look now, as I look back now from, I mean, even still the album, the album's finished with all these stars, but because we've had to fund a lot of things ourselves, you know, it comes because, and the reason for that is that I've always wanted to do, I wanted to release the album independently because that's because then you've got more money for the cause. You do it through the corporates, you know, and then obviously they want to take their share. But yeah, but the thing is looking back on 11, nearly 11 years of it, you realize when I first started this, nobody knew, I never met one person. And I went to a lot of functions that heard about this. And, and I did think, well, what, what can I do on my own? But when I look back now over the last 11 years of all the worldwide press, I've never had two hit singles from this album that we've just created on our own. It takes a lot longer, but, but you know, we've created lots and lots of awareness, you know, for this, for, for what's happening now. And now, and I think we, I think our organization, you know, for everybody's talking about it now. And I, and I actually feel that we had a lot to do with, you know, creating a lot of awareness for, for this problem, because not, like I say, not one person knew. And it's quite encouraging. And then I thought to myself, well, I did, I started on my own doing this and doing the music. And I just gradually did it bit by bit, one bit, you know, bit at a time. And you're realizing that one person can make a massive impact, you know. I'll, I'll always encourage anybody, you know, if you think it's too, nothing's ever too, ever too big, you know. I think if you've, if you really got a passion for something and you really believe in it. And, and I'm, I'm very, I can be very obsessive with music. And once I've started something, you know, I find it very difficult. I have to see it all through, you know. There's been, there's been many times when I've wanted to give up on this, you know, I, I, so many times it's been, it's been some very difficult times, but I never have, you know, I felt like it, but I never have and I, ne I never will because, you know, I've, it's been me feeling sorry for myself. But when I, when I think back to these little five-year-olds, I've been to an orphanage in, in Mexico and all these little kids have got a hit out by the, on, on them in non-disclosed areas. So my, me getting fed up at, a certain situation is nothing to what these children have to go through, have to go through you know that's quite remarkable. So, that's quite remarkable. But, I, but it's but it's very, it's very simplistic for me you know it's like it was no it was no big oh i've got to form a foundation i've got to do this it was very simple i've just got to make a record and that's where i started and the, the first person to come on board was slash he recommended fergie then these came on then Hart, and everybody now have ended up with a 16 track album of some great, some great celebrities, and um, so we've achieved we've achieved a lot. And I want to carry. I mean, the thing is now, through music, and I think I want to make records. Like I've just I've just finished a record for um, mental health, which uh, Mary Wilson, unfortunately, from the Supremes, was part of that. And unfortunately, she just passed away. <clears throat> but she was a big part of that. 
And that's that's starting to go now. And homelessness and the veterans. I mean, I think, you know, music can, music plays a big part in most people's lives, you know. And I think, you know, there's a lot of money with celebrity, with merchandising, with concerts, when we can open back up again with events. So, you know, it can be a, music can be a big source to, to help, you know, the sales of music and uh, can be a big help to, you know, to help some of these foundations. And my idea was, is to, or is, is to sell the record and then the money that's, all the proceeds go back to this cause, but to actually be able to write checks for people to go and do rescue missions, you know. And that that and that's what I would like to do. I mean, there's like, you know, there's um, there's a few organisations out there that go and rescue these kids, you know, and they've got the books on the ground. I'd like to, I'd really like to be able to do, you know, from the when the concerts open back up again. You know, I'm I'm actually we're doing this new thing in Las Vegas Music Awards, which I'm the music supervisor, and I want to do that charity so that we're going to hold the charities behind that as well, because in Vegas they have this problem. <clears throat> so there's quite a lot of things that I think once it opens back up again and I can start going out there and we, and, and the and I want to start I'm ready to start the Spanish album I want to do the Spanish album as well with all so I've actually done one track at the moment so I'm just I'm on the Latino album at the moment because a large portion of the world speaks Spanish well that's it well to be honest with you and the Anglo the Latino market is is 18 percent above the anglo market now so the idea would be i want to do the um the the latin album and then we can have a latin artist the english artist but then we can also have duets so you bring in the latin world and the you know the anglo world together you know that's that's you know because it's 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 everybody should chip in i think to help on this what's going on when you and i met a number of years ago i I met and we talked about music and whatnot, but uh, we were in, I guess, Vegas, Lake Las Vegas. And I think that's where we met. And uh, well, was it, 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 may, it may be that CEO space, was it? Yeah, well, was it there? there. Yeah. And I think it was at Lake Las Vegas and we had some really good conversations, but I don't know if you ever heard me do a keynote there, but you really model how I define a leader. And to me, is you can, you can get two, two and a half million hits when you when you google leadership but it boils down to three things for me one leaders get things done two leaders figure out how and three exactly. leaders influence others you just nail that i mean you had a you had a vision you had a passion you actually had a calling from god to do something it sounds like um, well i i i, th I think so de de definitely but no i had not like i said it was a i was i was sat with david junk he showed me this leaflet um, in fact, in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning, I was working through International Justice Mission, IGM, which they do, they do some great, fantastic things. But I didn't want to be tied to just one. I wanted to make sure that we could spread it all out. But no, it's, and I, I, was just, I, just have an, I just had the idea and I thought stinging the police songs would be good. And then I just started doing it and I got one and I just, I just basically did it one at a time and it developed and developed and developed, you know. So starting from nowhere um, and getting traction, um, this out of every hundred people that have an idea, my estimate is three people do something and only a third of those are going to succeed. 
And so you start with, you know, you got flypaper on your, on your feet. So you got to get traction. So the first thing is to be able to articulate your vision and get people to buy in it. So how are you able, and you've mentioned some really important people that I evidently have said, yes, I want to be a part of this. So how mm-hmm. did you approach them? And what did you say to yourself well, to, you know, to, to get that, that whatever that is that you needed to tell them that they would say yes? Well, I think it, it started, fortunately for me, I've been in the music business for a long time and produced people like David Bowie and Lionel Richie and all these people. So I've, had the, I've got the knowledge and, and I've had the experience about producing big artists and, and big and I've told you the big artists so that was an advantage and then I've I'm, I'm because I play everything and I'm a musician I knew that I could mix arrange and do all this on my own you know all the music anyway and get it get it to where I wanted and 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 that because I know all these artists they're very busy and they're they're always getting asked to do charity records. I mean, every you know every day they've got a pile like that on the, the manager's desk. Can they do this? Can they do that? And it's you know it's time consuming. So, but at least what I was able to do was, and the reason the the other reason was I chose Sting and the Police because I thought most musicians will have a favorite Sting song on his solo career or a favorite Police song. So I thought, and so the first thing I did was like I approached Slash and said to him, you know, what's your favorite police song? And he said, So Lonely. So I came away, when I, once I knew that he liked So Lonely, I came away, I came back to my studio the same day from, from the breakfast and I started putting the song together. I listened to So Lonely and I started, we had nobody to sing the song. All I knew is that Slash, who, who is a wonderful, He's such a caring guy and such a helpful man and the nicest man in the music business, really, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I, I programmed the song, got it the way that I thought it should be, worked really hard so that when he got it back, you know, he was going to like what I'd done. And thankfully he did. So I sent him what I'd done and he came back to me and said, I really like this, you know. And then it was Slash, he said, you know, Fergie would be good to sing this. So Slash suggested Fergie. So thankfully I had something to play. So we got it to Fergie and she agreed. And it just started snowball. It's, it's like a snowball effect. But what I was doing all the time, I, uh, but I made it so that they had to do nothing. They had to pick the favorite thing on the police song that would come walk in the vocal booth and just sing the song. And it was very simple. So that it could be like, like Ann Wilson, did it in about three from heart. She did it in about three takes. And Vogue came to my house. They were wonderful singers. They was just they was able to enjoy the experience. Because I made sure that everything was ready every time. I, I every time we found an act. Because once we'd got Slash and Fergie, we had something to say. We said, right, we're doing this album. Slash and Fergie are involved. Then other people got involved. You know, Julian Lennon got involved, and all sorts of people got involved with it. Then. So I, it was it was literally a bit by bit exercise, but I but I knew that they never had much time, so I had to do as much as I could on my own to make sure that they liked the track. I then sent the finished track to them to make sure they were happy with the mix and they were happy with the arrangements and everything like that. And thankfully, everybody was. So it was it. I made it easy for them, and I worked really. And it's, it's the same as anything. You've got to work really hard. So to get it together on the production, I had to work really hard, 
people told me you can never touch the sting or the police music. You should never be able to do that. It won't work, you know. So then that was another challenge I had. So I had to make sure that these, because I didn't want to do it like karaoke versions. I wanted to do, you know, new of it. I'm, otherwise, I might as well just going to got a karaoke album and got them to sing over it. I wanted to do brand new arrangements. So I was making a rod for my own back, but it worked. You know, people liked everything that I did. So it did work really well, you know. So, so you, put, you put your reputation on the line. You said, um, I'm doing this thing. So for people out there that are struggling with getting some traction and <clears throat> they have a list of, say they're a list of contacts, but there's this little voice that says, oh, they're too busy or you shouldn't bother them or they're too important for this. What advice would you give people to just break through and ask the question? Yeah. Well, I think you should just ask because most celebrities and most of these really famous people, and I've met a lot of them, they're really nice, ordinary, down to they're just they're just down to earth people. I mean, Piers Brosnan, you know, came out who was a supporter about of it all and everything, and his son Dylan came out who was in a band and he played at an event that we did. You know, it's just ask. I mean, the thing is, but I think you have to do as you got to remember if if you've got a, uh, if you want celebrities to be involved you've got to get all the ducks in a row because you've got to remember that they're being asked all the time and things are thrown out. So I just wanted to do it the best I possibly could so that they'd want to be involved with it. And then when, when I'm not just involved with the cause because it's a good cause, I wanted to make sure that it's a classic sounding record so that, that every one of these artists that are on this album was proud of their performance and was pr pr proud of what they had, you know. It wasn't just a, it's not just a throwaway album where you just sling it out in two weeks. And it's, it's like a, the album's got to stand alone on itself because that's what, you know, that's my thing really. And um, oh. well, it does, you know, I think it does. Let's, let's do a role, I'm gonna put you on the spot, okay? Let's do a role play for a minute. So pretend like I'm an important conductor. Right. And you're going to do a hybrid thing. I saw something. You said you worked with Pavarotti. And, um, oh, some gospel choir was in L.A. And some guitar player, I forgot who it was. And they did this hybrid thing that was quite amazing. Where they had a symphony behind them. And I forgot. Was it, was it, Steve, was it Steve Vai? Yeah, it may have been. But it was uh, Pavarotti. And it was, it was, it all worked together. And the orchestra came in. I thought, oh, wow, yeah. wow. So, so pretend like you're going to do something like that and you're going to approach me and I'm, a, I'm an important conductor somewhere and you're going to ask me to participate in this. So how would you approach me? I want people to hear you make the ask. Well, basically, I, I would ask you because, because of, your, of your talent. It's something that I wouldn't be able to do. So I, I'll basically, I would, I would pick a song like, for instance, I did um, Russians with Kedma the song Russian, which is all, uh, all, all totally orchestrated. I played it on keyboards, but if I was coming to you, I'd say, I want to do a Russians. And I would ask your opinion and say, I want to do it different. And I've, this is what I've got at the moment. And I would basically ask you to do your thing. I'd want to, you know, otherwise, you know, I'd want you to want to get your talent out rather than me tell you what, what I basically want. I'd want to see what you'd come up with, you know, and it would be, it, it would be, um, just as simple as that, really. You where's, know, the, just, where's the why? Why should I do that? Because the records sound so good, because it's a fantastic cause, you know, and um, 
you know, these, these you know, I'd, I'd be explaining to you about these children and what, what do you want your help could stop a five-year-old child being molested, being killed, being everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're going to, I'm going to do a sponsor moment here real quick. And I'm going to come back and ask you about, you know, how this thing works step by step. So we're able to do free projects and offer free, free services for, for nonprofit leaders and clergy of English speaking countries, English speaking countries. Um, there's a Southern version and a British version here an Australian version. So um, if you want to be on our list and you want to find out what's going on with these great interviews and the magazine and the content we have, uh, send a text, get your, get your writing pad out and send a text or get out your texting program on your cell phone, send a text. It's five digits, six, four, six, zero, zero. 64600. And then in the message, you put three letters, L D R. It's real short for leader. L D R. Doesn't matter if it's lowercase or uppercase. 64600 message L D R. You get this. You get a link. You touch on it. This opens on your phone. And it's the it's the virtual card for Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Now, if you look right here, nonprofit exchange videos, look at here, rock against trafficking. And if I click on that link and it opens up a window and it sees a picture of me looking at me, looking at the app. So it, you can watch this interview on the app. You can watch, read the magazine. And so we stay in touch with our tribe because we send you a text and say, there's something important happening on Saturday too. Remember to be there. And right now, remember to be on Zoom because we're meeting virtually all over the world. And if you wanted an easy card to stay in touch with your donors, to stay in touch with your board, to stay in touch with your volunteers, it's as simple as picking up your phone, sending a text and say, look at this tab on the app, we're going to be there. And so it's a way to contain the messaging in a way that people know what it's about, but it's also a way to stay in touch with your tribe. It's about relationships. And what, what Gary Miller is talking about today <clears throat> is using the power of relationships. Now, if you spent a career, <clears throat> Gary, in working with these top artists, and I had shared with you before we went live, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in this really good uh, church in, in Florida, which I thought had the best acoustical room in the country for acoustic music. Um, it was kind of kind of like a Carnegie Hall in a church, and um, it was all marble and stone and high ceilings, but it was a, a marvel. Um, acoustical design. So I, I called up the, one of your countrymen, Sir David Wilcox. Uh, I called oh, up the best conductors in the world. Said, would you come and spend a week, prepare the choir and the orchestra and do this memorial concert? And we recognized people who had passed on, but the, it was a quite a community event. But I found that every one of them, every single one of them thanked me for the experience and said, invite me back again. And they really valued the experience, <clears throat> not just because it was Florida in January and it was warm, <laughs> but because I've just been to Florida in January. So yeah, I prepared I them. Like. like you said, it was ready. They had a choir. They could do they could do their work. But every one of them served the music. Every one of them. It wasn't about them. It was about the music. And what you just talked about with the celebrities you work with, people that are really good. It's not about them. It's about their no, art. It's, 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 it's not about it's not about them. No, it's just like they've they've had 
they've had that success. I mean, I bumped into Lady Gaga in Starbucks, funny enough, in Malibu. And it's like, you know, they've had all the, all these people, she agrees with me, there's like, they've had all the number one records. You know, we had all the number ones. And I think music is so powerful that if you can get it right, I mean, if you can get it right, it's so you can use it for all sorts of, all sorts of different things, you know. And people are really passionate about me, about music, you know. And they will buy music. And what I, what I wanted to do with my nonprofit, it was never it was to create a self-sustainable because we've never one been one to go out with cap in hand asking for donations or even doing events. You know, we've basically paid for everything internally. You know, which obviously becomes a bit difficult after a while as well. But it's um, it's everybody's got a real everybody's got a real passion for it. And and if you're a musician. You know, you want to do you want to do the best job you possibly can because, more, as you know, you I mean, most musicians wear the hat on the sleeves. You know, I was watching a I was watching a um, a documentary with Hans Zimmer, and he's very confident. He's a wonderful. He's done wonderful stuff and everything. But even he said he's very confident until he has to play people his stuff, and then it's like you're wearing your hat on the on his on your sleeve. You know, because you you're so involved with this music pieces of music and i think most musicians are most i don't know any musicians that's not really like that that you can't really explain why you do why you do it you know but it's really it's really powerful and the thing is there's a lots there's lots of money to be earned and i'd like to have a self-sustainable company so that you're selling merchandise and that's all going to the cause you see and we teach that. We teach that in sort of vision. This is a business. It's a taxes yeah. business. It's not about profits. It's about proceeds. And exactly, yeah, exactly yeah. You're, you're, you're doing, you're creating a legacy. And this yeah. legacy is going to go on past our, our lifetime. So let's talk before I, I got some people that may have want to raise their hand and ask some questions, but um, talk about the, the, you're going to raise money. So let's do the mechanics a little bit. There's, there's the album, which could be distributed even now but you're going to do live events. So talk about generating the income and then talk about how you're going to repurpose that income. I thought I heard you say you're going to write checks to organizations that are boots on the ground, saving children's lives. So explain that, that process a well, little bit. Well, basically, obviously this doing it the way I've done it as well. I have, I mean, I'm not a record company or anything like that. So, but I still want to do it at the record company level. So it, it takes a while. So I've finished the record. You've got all the production to do, which we paid for. But then there's all then there's all the promotion that needs to be. You know, I could just put. I don't want to just put this record out on on a, on a normal um, platform. It's got to be promoted properly. I think it's it's all good. And the, my you know my dilemma is um, <clears throat> you've got to get the money to promote it properly, like like most of the artists. Like if if Guns N' Roses are putting an album out. I want to put this album out in the right same promotion as they would do to give it to give it the cause, you know. But um, <clears throat> but so the main thing is is to the first see is to put the album out. I've put two singles from the album now. Um, one was number seven, and one was number twenty-seven with Journey and Glenn Hughes. And then that then then there's the concerts. I want to do concerts. Which can generate a lot, lots of lots of revenue. That you've got the merchandise that can record, you know, lots of revenue. And then the all the proceeds 
you know, there's all like I don't go out there and fight this cause. I can't do that. I'm I'm in the studio and, and I'm not capable of it anyway. But there's organisations out there that I think are really powerful. Yeah. International, you know, international justice mission, slavery no more. These are really great organisations, and and um, you know, unlikely heroes. And and I'd like to be able to once once we get out there and the proceeds from the once we release the album. I'd like the proceeds to go and then we can sign checks to unlikely heroes and, or underground railroad that do a lot of the stuff. There's, there's lots of people that do that. And, and Chuto, I'd like it'd be, it'd be fantastic to be able to build safe houses, you know, for with, and have music courses. I mean, that's my eventual dream, you know, but I'm obviously I'm sort of, you know, a one man bandy really doing that. I have to do everything. If if I don't do if I don't do the stuff, it doesn't get done, you know. Um, I mean, on on a create on the creative side, not not. A, so that's that's the idea is to get the album, the album's finished, get the album distributed, get the pro all the proceeds from merchandising, from sponsorships, from concerts, from things like that, and all them pro all those proceeds go to this cause, to whatever, even if even if it means buying an organisation a computer, just something, just just a resource. That, that people can dip into. That's what I would like it to be. We're not there yet by a long chalk, you know, we've got to get the album out first. And it's been a long process, you know. Well, it has, so, and you're, you're faithful to stay with it. And it's and those kinds of organizations do have trouble raising enough money. So it's filling, a, filling the bill. Um, you can find out about this organization. It's Rock Against Trafficking, T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K-I-N-G, rockagainsttrafficking.org. And on Rock Against Trafficking, you can see on their website just what it's all about and ways um, ways you can help our mission, our team. Let's talk about your team a little bit. You do have some really good people. Andy Andrus. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew's, Andrew's been involved with, with me right from the beginning here. And, and he's and great. Got, Andy's a <clears throat> fine musician and a dear friend and um, really a smart, smart fella. Um, Tim is your operations director. How do you say his name, Janet? Tim Tim Yannigan. Well, Tim Tim. Funny enough, he was on the um, he was on the um, oh, on the what the call it? Oh, the the Sting Rainforest concerts. So Tim Yannigan has done done lots for charity and lots of lots of organisations there. Jody Best is the radio promo. Um, is the radio who, do, who got the two songs in the charts. Bob Pritchard, is, you know, he's done lots of different things for charities and the same with Matthew and Gabby and all these people. So <clears throat> obviously we haven't been able, we haven't been able to do a lot because of uh, and Michael, you know, you've got Michael Garbett. Yes. So we, we, we're getting a, in fact, we're, we're getting, I didn't even know this, I didn't know there was this much on the website. It's a long time since I've seen it really. Yeah, <laughs> and you got Tyler, who's the one that, Helped. Got, yeah, got Tyler Prescott with Penny Fly. So we've got like a, you know, we've got like a good team. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got a really good team behind us now. You know, but and, creatively, so there's that. But but then, it, but the creative stuff needs to be done first, and then all the team can do. You know, do whatever's being done. So you're in a place that a lot of us. I'm a founder of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and you know there is a process where we're doing everything. And then we have a plan, then we can start divvying it out and, and empowering other people. It's sort of like creating the music for the orchestra and everybody knows how to play their part. 
in, from my analogy, sorry, it's all I know. Would you be open to entertaining some questions for anyone? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That wants to ask. And so uh, let me, let me uh, permit some people to talk. I know they have some, some things to say. So um, uh, Bob Hopkins uh, is from Dallas, Texas, where I think it was about one degree in, in Dallas, Texas last oh, night. Oh, freezing. <laughs> Bob um, is author of this book, Philanthropy Misunderstood, which is a book you ought to have on your coffee table, philanthropymisunderstood.org. Um, and so before Bob gets on, we're going to do a youth philanthropy, youth in philanthropy conference on March 6th. So I'll be promoting that a little bit at the end, but uh, Bob's been training youth philanthropists for years. Bob, um, this is probably near and dear to your heart. What do you have to say to our guest today? Well, well, um, I'm very impressed, Gary. Thank you for doing this topic. You know, this topic. Oh, you're very welcome. This topic, I, I guess, nobody really wants to talk about. Um, I didn't even well, hear about. Well, you know, so that's that's the problem that I came across. You, you, I start talking to people. That's what I wanted to mention, and they said, oh, "Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know." And I said, "Well, that's half the problem. Nobody wants to know." You know. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, it's a, an interesting question. You know, I just heard about it about ten years ago. Quite frankly. I didn't even know it existed in Texas, for God's sakes. And I understand that between Houston and Dallas, that it's a very significant problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm aware of it now. But, you know, people still don't want to talk about it. You mentioned the word, and then they want to move on to something else. Yeah, um, no, that's true. I know. And so it's very difficult. You know, we're doing youth and philanthropy. Do you think this is a topic, truly, as a father or grandfather or whatever you are, do you think this is a topic for youth? To know about and talk about and understand about. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that I think that's one of the places where it should start. You know, if if it can be, that it should be in all the schools. I mean, I mean, there should be a def, oh, without. A, I can't even tell you how much it should be. You know, these these little kids need to know that. You know, because I mean, you know, they'll get taken off, and and the, 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 some kids go missing in broad daylight during the day. You know, in shopping malls now. Well, I see, you know, people, I see all the people that I see all the adults that you have involved with you. Do you have any uh, significant teenagers who um, are, are movers and shakers and who are trying to change the world and they're trying to get rid of guns and they're trying to get trying to do a whole bunch of things? What's wrong with teenagers? You having a board of directors, youth division of teenagers? That's a good. That's a really good. That's a really, you know, I've never, I've never, I'll be honest, I've never thought about that. So I think that's a great idea that would be because you do need that youth to, you know, but yeah, definitely. I think that's a wonderful idea. Go to high schools and have the high schools get behind this thing because. Yeah, well, well that's what I've thought about the music is with it obviously being in, because I'm involved with pop music and so I can relate to a lot of them what they're talking about the music. So I would, that's another thing that would be good to go around schools, which I would like to, I mean, I would do that if I got an opportunity to be able to go around school to talk to these kids and make it a bit more interesting with music as well, then it might be, you know, uh, because I can relate to them because look, there's a lot of the music, I'm working with a lot of young artists at the moment, you know. Yeah. Hey, Gary, Gary, I think, I think Bob just volunteered to help you form this youth council. I did. Yeah, no, that, I, think, I think that would be fantastic, Bob, yeah. I did, I did. Uh, you know, we, uh, Hugh, maybe we can figure out how to bring this topic into our Youth and Philanthropy Conference coming up here, especially to the older crowd. Uh, our older crowd is from 12 years old to uh, 18. And, yes. um, you know, they're hunting for something to, 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 uh, to do. 
and whether it be food or shelter or whether it be um, digging water wells in Ethiopia, which some of them are involved with. Really? Why not, why not yeah, why not do something with human trafficking? Since they're, it's their age that people are after. Those, that I think that, I, well, it, well, it is exactly. So that's why I was saying, it's why, that's why the young people should know about it because it's them, it's them who they're after, you know, it really is, so. Well, I'll bring that up, up to my group and we'll get in touch with you, Gary. I appreciate no, it. No, no, definitely. But de anything, anything I can do to help at all, definitely, definitely would be. Would so be it's, it's, it's under the um, nonprofit uh, Philanthropy Kids. And if you don't know how to spell philanthropy, it's P-H-I-L-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y-Kids.org slash, and that's Youth in Philanthropy Conference. So it's just Y-I-P-C in the years 21, Y-I-P-C 21. And you can find out about it. Now, if people are listening to this podcast a year or so from now, it will be an ongoing conference. And so you will be able to find Youth in Philanthropy uh, there. So Bob, you're always so fertile with ideas. So uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Mr. Rash in Bedford, Virginia, um, do you have a question or a comment? Uh, well, I, I certainly, you know, I really appreciate Gary. Thanks uh, very much. Uh, our organization's Legacy International. We work all around the world on five continents, especially with youth and young professionals and entrepreneurs. Yeah. You, brought, you brought to, you, first of all, Bob, said one of the things I was gonna say is because one of the things we've learned in our work is to include youth on every level on board of advisors and co colleagues and planners. So I, I second his motion or his, his suggestion to bring young people in, in an advisory group, something we do all over the world. Um, I that's, think that's, two, really, you know, that's two volunteers, Gary, right here. Yeah, sure. I mean, Fantastic, you know, we have a global network uh, that reaches a lot of the places where this trafficking takes place. In fact, yeah, yeah. We, we worked with uh, children of, of sex workers in India a few years ago. We have something called the Global Youth Village, and we can we can make this a subject in this year's virtual and on-campus yeah. Global well, Youth Village that we've been actually talking about doing uh, again. You know, in my mind, because I also come from a music family like you does, uh, my mother was a concert pianist, and... and um, Everyone, to me, everyone is a musician. Everyone's a performer. All you have to do is put a microphone in everybody's bathroom in their shower. And you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? And know. Years, years ago, I was a producer many decades, you know, five decades ago. And I know, I know a little about that business. Mm. But, you know, and all we had to do is look at concerts. And we you're talking about sustainability. And... Of course, events are good oh, springboards for sustainability. Uh, but um, the thing that the thing that I see that runs through all of our work, whether we're working with entrepreneurs or or peace building or government officials, or everything is that repetition is really important. So, what do you have? You have the reprise in music. Uh, you have uh, you know, and, and this concept of ideography runs through everything like Muslim terrorists, Muslim terrorists, fake news, fake news, repeated enough times, oh, it, you know, yeah. it's propaganda. And so the beauty yeah. about music is that we can repeat things over and over again. Exactly. And, and, and they're memorizing and memorizing. And so the message has to be, the message has to be the message that's, you know, we're gonna say use propaganda for the right, for the right reasons. So this whole, rep the idea of sustainability to me comes through the message being repeated over and over and over again. Well, it, well, it, exactly. You did right, and and it is that um, 
you know that 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 rep repetition all the time and just pl just keep plugging away and plugging away I, I really i really do think it makes a lot of difference you know yeah I, I do too and i think that that's why i say that everybody you know is a performer too and mm. and so we had them performing the right message so i certainly want to get behind this uh you know we have young people around the world who are between the ages of uh, young young girls uh, actually between 14 and 18 and called a tech girls program uh, which is state department funded program and we also have young entrepreneurs all around the world who some of whom are working with refugees who are really at risk youth uh, and um, other other youth in internal refugees and external refugees and they're making apps and i want to think about how we could, might be able to collaborate on some apps that might Oh yeah, I mean, you know what I'm thinking as well. There must be some of these, these, um, these survivors and things like that, and there's some of the victims of this that are really talented. This, I mean, it would be great to find some singers and some artists that you could that we could develop in the studio that have gone through all this trauma. You know, this. You know, I've got a, I've got a wonderful studio in Malibu here. You know, people can come, and I've had people at my house from Peru. You know, orphanages and things like that. I mean, obviously, with the Corona thing being, you know, that's everything's been on hold. So I'm hoping to, obviously, when everything opens up, really be able to go through, really be able to pull all the stops out again. Because it's all been, it's all, it's all gone a bit, laid a bit quiet at the moment. But I, I need, I, I need to put revive. I need to put some, you I know, read some, you. some stuff I will into connect it. Connect with these these people, Gary. Um, kind of send them back to their listening mode. Uh, I'll connect you with them because what what uh, happens many times is we find that people are willing to step up and do something if they just know what it is uh, that they can do. So we've, we've got some other tracks here. So going back to our, our conversation, you've done everything yourself. Now it's time for you to find things that other people can do and have yeah. these various tracks. And what you just discovered, what I just figured out is there's a worldwide network that we have at our disposal that can help tell the story exactly exactly yeah their passion and it's not paid advertising it's people rallying together and, to and you, you got to, you got to remember with this when i get this album out there's a lot of big stars on that so for companies there's a lot of publicity here i mean there's a big celebrity push behind it and you know the, and the, to be honest at the end of the day for to do this properly it does need funds to do it i mean i could put this out next week but it wouldn't be out the way it should be so when you so you know, we've got to get back up, we've got to open back up again and get the funds now to, so that we can put this first album out and we can create this and we can, and once we get the first album out, then it can be a role and then we can, then we, I think we'll, we'll just keep going and going, you know, but it needs finances, you know, well, like, every, like everybody else. You know, it's like, we know as, as musicians, you, there's a certain amount of prep. What people see on the stage is the top 10% of the iceberg. Oh yeah, exactly. They don't see what else goes on. <laughs> if they only could, they'd never die. They'd never find anything else. You know, God, my yeah. my first book I wrote after forty years of working in music ministry, and my church in Atlanta had twelve thousand members. I had seven hundred and fifty people in music ministry, and a whole bunch of things going on. And I figured out in that job that ten percent, ten percent of my job was music. Ninety percent allowed that to happen it made music possible so for any of us leading a charity our vision our product our service is 10 percent. 
90% is all that infrastructure, which you're creating. And yeah. I commend you, you got the patience and the, and the system to put it together. And you're stepping up and calling on the relationships which you've created over the years, but you're also ensuring that that word's going to be good because you're delivering a quality product and you've got that trusted relationship. Well, that, that's, you, you just hit the nail on the head. That's what it is to me. Like, because all, remember all these artists from Carlos Santana, Fergie, Slash, everybody, everybody else, Hearts and Vogue, none of them charged anything. The odds. So now, now the position I'm in now, they've come and done all this. It's finished. It's now to me, to me, to prove myself to get the album out. If you know, what I mean, and we did it, and we did a deal with Sony, but we want all the, I want all the proceeds to go to help this cause. I mean, I, I don't want to make no money. We've got to obviously these administration things that everybody has to pay, and we've got to pay all the marketing people. But that's all, you know. You know, it's just it's a case of getting the marketing funds to put this album out. I've got a big visions of when you go past the whiskey on Sunset Boulevard to see a big rock against trafficking billboard up there you know saying the release of this album you know that's so i want to do it that way i want to i want to do it the proper way but you know you can't just go and pay peanuts for a billboard on sunset boulevard so i, I but i know it will come and I, and once we open up again i think you know it, it will it's definitely going to come i'm very confident of that i'm sure you are that is the sign of a good leader you see the end result and you imagine it as already having happened and you move yeah. towards that it's that's exactly different. that's exactly what I do. that's exactly what I do. You know, it doesn't matter what the obstacles are, and there are obstacles all the time. You know, there's the financial obstacle, but that will that something will happen, and and it will change everything. I don't know what that'll be yet, but I've got faith and hope that that will. And it usually, and I was brought here for a reason to do this, to even to Malibu to live in Malibu. You know, so I know there's an end game. Maybe I think I'd learn a few things before it's. The, the time's right, you know, but I think now the time's getting it's getting very close now that I think we can, you know, with with the team behind the team behind as I think we I think we're pretty close now. I love it. I love it. So the to me, as I'm listening to this astounding interview and the important work you're doing, um, you're you're creating money to fund these charities. But on top of that, you're allowing these great celebrities a chance to step in and make a difference. And the real big thing is you're creating a large awareness for people who don't want to talk about it, don't even know it exists. That's that's the real big thing. It's the awareness of the problem. And then it will that will attract, like you just said, it'll attract more more supporters. Yeah, I think I think you're dead right there. And it's like and I'll, I'll just keep going regardless. You know, you get you know, you get all the I've talked to a lot of founders and they've all had difficulty. And, but you just got to keep going. That's all. Just going to do another sponsor moment, then I'm going to throw it to you for a final thought or a challenge uh, or a, a wish for people who are, who are, who are earlier on or, or stuck. So our sponsor for, the, for this is also Word Sprint. Word Sprint publishes this magazine, and here's our friend uh, from Arizona, Frank Shankowitz, who recently uh, died. You know Frank. I know. Well, I know, I know I knew Frank. I'm very, I'm very sad to hear that he passed, that he passed on. It was a motorcycle placement. If you haven't seen Wishman, it's on Netflix. You see Wishman. It is an astounding movie. Our friend is it on Netflix now because it was because last last time I had a conversation with Frank, he was talking to me about that. It's on there. Uh, Greg Reed, our friend from San Diego, produced it for him, and so it's a stunning movie. But 
word sprint. So he's just happens to be on the cover of this magazine. And so he was an ordinary guy that it was touched his heart and he had a very troubled childhood, but he stepped up and started this nonprofit that made a huge difference. And it's now a legacy and he's no longer here. Word Sprint helps us mail the magazine, but it goes in people's hands, but they also help charities stay in touch with their tribe. So this is their pattern. 30% is the message. 30% is the, the person. 30% is a regular rhythm. We need to put things in people's hands on a regular basis, telling them what's happening. They're supporters. They want to know what's going on. So it's this constant touch. Wordsprint.com. Go there. Bill Gelmer and his team will help you Every single nonprofit he's worked with in 20 years makes more money because the donors know what's going on and they want to support your well, that's, that, that's that sounds that sounds fantastic there. And that's why, like I said, I'll be the first one to hold my hands up when it comes to, to organizations, you know, I'm nonprofits. I had no idea. I've I've oh I've just winged it all along, to be honest, to be completely honest. And I'm still winging it now, but I'm getting somewhere. But your will, your willpower, and you have a commanding presence, sir. You just, you, we know you're there. So I want to wrap up this wonderful interview. We've taken an hour of your time, but it's been amazing stuff to influence a lot of people. What thought do you want to leave people with? Well, basically, it's just never, ever give, give up on what, if you have an idea about something and you want to do it, never give up. Because you, you've never, the only time you ever fail is if you get, I mean, you, you have to fail to be successful. I mean, I'm, I'm a real strong, I, I know it might, might be a cliche, but I'm a real strong believer in that. So you have to, you have to fail and just, you just got to keep going all the time. Whatever, and just keep getting up. It's like riding, it's like riding a bike. It's like riding a little bike when you're little, you've got to keep getting back on again. That's keep it. getting back on. Rockagainsttrafficking.org. You can go there and find out all about this. Gary Miller, you're just uh you're just a saint today. You're doing you're doing some amazing work and helping lots of people. Thank you for being our guest. You're very kind. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.